May 23rd, 2023. We're in Masechet Berachot and Daf Tetzayin Amud Aleph. Six lines before the end of the Amud. Hatan patur mikiriyat shema. If you recall, the Mishnah told us that the halacha is that a hatan, a person who's in uh, just marriage uh, stage, uh, is patur from kiriyat shema. Now the Mishnah told us imlo asa ma'ase, which means to say he hasn't consummated his marriage with regards to relations. Our understanding of it then and uh, we'll elaborate upon it now in the Gemara, is because the Hatan, a person who's newly married, has a specific situation where he's what's known as Tarud. He's disturbed and distracted because of the Kiyum Mitzvah, which he's uh, to fulfill uh, for the first time together with his wife. So as the Gemara Tanur Rabbanan, we have a Beraita, which teaches the background, the uh, sourcing with regards to this Halakha. Pasuk says in Kiryat Shema, so the Torah says, So in the context of these words, our understanding being on your heart and teaching them and instructing them to your children. So the Pasuk says, While you dwell in your home, and when you walk on your way. Again, the understanding is in the context of reading and reciting Kiryat Shema, it's B'Shibtecha B'Vetecha B'Lechtecha B'Derech. So the Dirashan Esperaita goes as follows, B'Shibtecha B'Vetecha Perat Le'osek B'Mitzvah, B'Lechtecha B'Derech Perat Le'Hatan. The word Perat means it comes to exclude. So the reference in the Pasuk of your dwelling in your home comes to exclude a person who's involved with a mitzvah. L'Echtecha B'Derech, those words, when you're going on your way, is coming to exclude a hatan. First and foremost, what is a osek ba mitzvah? Mishnah Masechet Sukkah and Daf Kafhe talks about Shiluhe mitzvah, being pturim in hasukkah, and by extension from all other mitzvot. For example, a person who's even on their way to perform a mitzvah. It's exactly what it sounds like. A person who's involved in a mitzvah is, is uh, exempt from fulfilling other mitzvot at the time of performance of that mitzvah. That, that can't be the understanding because... That would be that would mean that if you're doing anything mitzvah related to patur from saying shema, if somebody says, "Do me a favor tomorrow, give this to tzedakah for me." So you have an interesting question: Where do we draw the line? And there are many questions and deliberations with regards to that. In other words, does it need to be that you're in the active state of engagement in the mitzvah, or does it even you're saying leading up to it? And even when I'm in the active state, what if I'm always wearing sisit? I'm wearing a full right, you're always garment. doing something. So these are all important questions, this makes it sound like which can and should be dealt with accordingly. Osek ba mitzvah sounds like you're actually engaged in it. Osek I'm ba saying mitzvah. in this context of the you can't until you're with your wife, you're not actually... Right, but that's a separate p'tur, don't forget. That's the tarud, that's the distraction. We have two, we have distraction mm. and we have actual engagement. Osek ba mitzvah actually sounds the opposite, but the Mishnah says shiluch right. mitzvah, which means even if you're on your way. All important questions. Let's focus specifically, though, on the tarud, on the distraction state. But first, says the Beraita, mikan amru, it's based on this derasha of the rabbis, most specifically the second part of lech dechabaderech, which again, we don't know how they derived yet to exclude from b'shiftecha someone who's involved with mitzvah. What do you mean? Maybe you're in your home and doing a mitzvah and you're hayav and kiryat shema. And who said that when you're walking on your way, it's to exclude a person who's distracted because they're a hatan? Who said? Maybe you're walking on your way and you are a hatan. We'll talk about that in the Gemara in a moment. But before that, mikan amru, based on the principle, based on the law, the rabbis explained 
הכונס את הפתולה פטור ואת האלמנה חייב. A person who's כונס, who's getting married to a בתולה, a woman who's a virgin who hasn't had relations yet, is פטור, he's פטור from קריאת שמה, because in that situation specifically, we understand it as they're being תרדה. Either because in the Rishonim debate is you're uncertain whether she truly is a bitula, or you're nervous about how it's going to work with her being a bitula. Whatever the specifics are, by a bitula, by a virgin, a woman who hasn't had relations, that's when there's a ptur. If she's an almana, which literally means she's a widow, Harambam points out it means that she had relations already, she may be divorced. Whatever the circumstance is, in such a situation, you're hayab bekriyachima because your state of distraction is lowered. Okay, that's what we have with regards to the law. So we had a reference to a derasha in the pasuk, and then we have a greater understanding of the halakha, but the Gemara questions, four lines from the bottom, three words before the end of the line, my mashma, my what mashma, where do you hear any of this? I mean, I understand the halakha that you're mentioning, might have some difficulties in terms of fully extrapolating it on, but where do you see this in the pasuk? Says the Gemara initially, Amar of Papa ki derech, ma derech reshut, afachaname reshut. Says Rav Papa, and we learned a lot of this already on Daf Yod Aleph. Rav Papa says, well, the Pasuk says, belech techabad derech. So it says, beshif techab vetech, belech techabad derech. Those Pasuk, those words, close one to the other, are relating those concepts, those situations, one to the other. And derech, says Rav Papa, your way, his understanding initially, means your way of reshut. Reshut means optional, not obligatory. In other words, read the Pasuk as follows. When you're on your optional way, meaning it's not an obligation, in other words, it's not a mitzvah, you have to read Kiryat Shema. When you're on your obligatory way, meaning you're involved with a mitzvah, meaning you're disturbed by a mitzvah, you're patu from Kiryat Shema. That's the derasha. Oh, it's a very nice interpretation. The only difficulty is who said the word derech in the Torah and in this context actually means optional. Again, his words, Amar of Papa, ki derech. This is just like a derech, quote unquote, because again, the Pasuk says, Ma derech reshut, af kol reshut. Reshut means optional, not obligatory, the opposite of chova. Says Gemara, mi askinan. Could we not be dealing with? La'asuk means to involve yourself with. As'anan means us. Are we not dealing with the ka'azil that the person is going? Lidvar mitzvah, afilo achia, amar achmana likre. Who said belech techabaderech means you're on an optional walk? Who said it means you're on a vacation situation or walking to work? Maybe it is that you're going to a mitzvah. Azil lidvar mitzvah. And was, who said that the word derech in the pasuk is to be interpreted as reshut? We're at a square one question. How do you know? I got the laws somewhat. How do you see those laws in this pasuk? Oh, it's from the word derech. Who said the word derech means that? Answers the Gemara. It seems like for Rav Papa, Im ken lema kera belechet, my belechet shema mina belechet didachu de mehayevet had mitzvah petirat. The Gemara earlier as well was Doreshes from Shevet and Shiftecha, which means to say the Pasuk says, on your walk, on your dwelling, Shiftecha, that Chafsofit is a possessive letter. It tells you it's yours. What does it mean it's your walk or it's your dwelling? 
That tells you it's yours with regards to its optional side as opposed to obligatory. And therefore, if you're involved with a mitzvah, if you're involved with a mitzvah that's distracting, specifically that's the way the mitzvah is supposed to be, we confine this really only to hatan, or you're involved in engaging with a mitzvah with your body and your hands and your legs or whatever it is, that's a osek ba mitzvah. In those situations, you'd be patur min ha mitzvah. Says the Gemara, okay, I understand most of it, but I still have a, a question or two. Says the Gemara, okay, but ultimately speaking, you told me if I'm tarud, if I'm distracted because of mitzvah, let's say, well, then I'm patur. Am I not distracted because of mitzvah? Even when I'm getting married to a woman who had relations already, who said it's only involvement with the mitzvah when I'm getting married to and I'm having relations for the first time with a bitula, with a virgin? Says the Gemara, no. Why not? Answers the Gemara, the distinction is between distraction, levels of distraction. You might be distracted any first time encounter and circumstance with a woman. However, it's a qualitatively different distraction if it's the first time for the woman as opposed to it's been an experience that she's had already. That's the conclusion of the Gemara, but the Gemara has one or two more questions. Says the Gemara, okay, so I think I have everything figured out, but now... I want to get back to base level with regards to this distraction business. I understand Osik ba mitzvah. I understand the distraction, why it's only bitula, not an almana. But wait a second, are you telling me it's just about a high level distraction? I have many high level distractions. Let me tell you, I've lost money before, I've had difficult situations from family, friends, or whatever. And my patur from Kiriachima in any of those situations as well, it's just about level of distraction. Says Gemara, Imishum Tirda. If the issue over here is distraction, three lines from the top, even if your boat, your ship, let's say, uh, sunk at sea, Name means as well, you should be patur. That's my example. You lost a lot of money. You have a difficult situation. Shouldn't you be patur? And says the Gemara, maybe indeed you are. Alama, why do we then have Amar Biyaba Bar Zavda, statement of Rav Zavda, but in the name of Amar Rav, Rav, Avel, Hayav, Cholam, Esot, Hamurot, Vatorah, Chutzmanat, Tefillin, Sharei, Neemar, Bahen, Pe'er, Sheneemar, Pe'ercha, Havush, Alecha, Vegomer. Why is it then that we have a statement, and indeed a halacha, that an avil, a person who's in mourning, is obligated in all the mitzvot? Except for Kiryat we'll talk about that. Excuse me, except for Tefillin, we'll talk about that in a moment. But ultimately speaking, he's Hayav in Kiryat Shema. Why is he Hayav in Kiryat Shema? Why is he Hayav in mitzvot? Isn't he very distracted? He's a mourner, he's within seven days of the, of the death. Might even be on the first day. We're not talking about before burial. We're no, about we're not talking days. about Onin. We're talking about after burial. That's right. Seven days of Avelut. He's Hayav in mitzvot. Hayav in mitzvot. Why should he be Hayav in mitzvot? He's Tarud, he's Tirdah. You see clearly, Tirda is not a poter. It's not a way and a mechanism and reason to say a person is exempt from mitzvot. Otherwise, uh, Avil would be patur from kol mitzvot. There is one exception, though. What's that one exception? Tefillin. What's, why is it an exception with regards to Tefillin? Because the Pasuk says by Yehezkel, HaKadosh Baruch Hu tells Yehezkel he's going to lose his wife. And he says to him, but your mourning will be different than other people's mourning. M-O-U-R-N. Uh, why will your Avelut, your mourning, be different? Because yours, among other things, Percha Havush Alecha. Your Pe'er, your crown, will be upon you. The understanding of his crown is his Tefillin, which means, say, in general, a person's Tefillin will not be on them. Your Tefillin, Yehezkel, will be upon you. All right, so fascinatingly, it says then, an Avel is Patur from Tefillin. That's very interesting on several levels. First and foremost, why tefillin as opposed to the other mitzvot? 
And secondly, shouldn't, and nobody should know from this experience, but if they've ever play, prayed Shahrit in an Avel's Minyan, you'll notice they are wearing Tefillin, going against the Gemara. So firstly, with regards to Tefillin, Rashi earlier in Daf Yod Alif, Rashi and Daf Kafe, Masechet Sukkah explains, he says, Tefillin specifically go on your head as a crown. And Avel who's sitting on the floor, sitting close to the ground, is dirty, he's close to the ground, it's inappropriate for him. Specifically, the crown of tefillin. So that's first and foremost, why is tefillin different? Isn't the reason why we don't say tefillin with musaf, because we have a crown and you're going to have two crowns on, so shouldn't they also be patuot from musaf prayer? No, but it's, uh, are you saying because you're crowning yourself you're with regards to the musaf? It's an interesting, interesting well. point. You're, you're extending it. Keep in mind, in terms of the petur of tefillin for Musaf, that's a later, it's, it's an understanding of the Mekubalim. Well, it's crown-related, right? It is crown-related, that we're saying keter, and that you're wearing your tefillin. That's an interesting extrapolation. I, I, don't, I don't think it's, I mean, I know it's not correct, but in terms of, in, in theory and thought, it's along the lines of being correct. I, I, I have to imagine that... I mean, here would the answer be, is that with regards to an Avel, it's not that he can't, in theory, be crowned or crowning HaKadosh Baruch Hu and involved in that. It's that physically his head is inappropriate to have the physical tefillin on his head because he's on the ground and it's inappropriate in there. So that's a wonderful question, more than anything. Uh, but what about um, the Avel wearing tefillin the rest of the days? Uh, when do we not see an Avel wearing tefillin? The halakha is, even though it seems like it's with regards to all days, this is only on day one of Avelut. Day one is, we'll see these words, we'll see it actually a little bit later on, on this page, at the beginning of the next Gemara. It's the first day, which is specifically the day in which we imagine them as being, so to speak, most dirty and most connected to the ground, sitting on the ground. And as a result, it's specifically in only day one where an Avel is patur from tefillin. Day Practic- one after burial. Correct. Practically speaking, today's day and age, it's rarely going to be something that, well, firstly, onlookers will experience and notice, but even during winter months, if the burial is not so close to home, and by the time the person gets home and has what's called se'udat havra'ah, which we'll talk about and they finish, it's close to minha time, they're not really going to even have time to put on tefillin on day one. But if there is time, which oftentimes there is, summertime there certainly is, they don't put on tefillin on day one. Before burial, of course, they don't. It's what's called aninut, which we'll talk about later on. Um, But even when they're finished with burial, when they begin to resume the mitzvot again, they don't put on tefillin. Why not? This halacha. When? Specifically day one. Okay, well, that all being the case, we now are stuck in the Gemara. You may recall our Gemara was questioning. Our Gemara wanted to understand what's the difference between high-level tirda, very difficult distraction. Well, that being the case, even if a person has a difficult business loss, financial situation, whatever the distraction in terms of life is, they should be patur. Maybe they are. No, we know from Rav that an avil is haya mitzvot, parentheses, except for tefillin. Oh, well, then what's the answer? Answers the Gemara Hatam Tirda Dereshu Tacha Tirda de Mitzvah. Gemara distinguishes. It says when you're dealing with the business loss, even the Avelut, the distraction is Reshut. It's optional. It's true that an Avel needs to be serious and introspective, needs to be thinking clearly and seriously, doesn't, should not be paining and distracting themselves. There's no Mitzvah for an Avel, quite the opposite. An Avel is supposed to be focused. You're supposed to not have them focused on pain. You're supposed to have them focused on purpose. 
Similarly, the person who lost their money is not involved in any mitzvah at all in being distracted. That's all in contrast to the koneset habitula. His thoughts on the engagement together with his new wife is very much a part of the mitzvah, the Gemara is telling us. That distraction is the distraction for the mitzvah, and in turn, there and only there are you patur. To summarize, what have we seen then in the Gemara? In this Gemara, we saw and two issues, one called Haosek Mitzvah, and the other one called Tirdad Mitzvah, each of them being Patur from not only Kiryat Shema, we learned from this to all mitzvot. Which, which one, just so, just so that I'm clear, which one is the, the person who got married? Mitzvah or Dishraksha? Tirda. So what is an example of a mitzvah that the Gemara... Did the Gemara even give any examples of a mitzvah? No. We have a Mishnah, and Afkafen Tzuka, which gives us examples. The Mishnah just says, Shiluchem mitzvah, Turim min ha-sukah. Rashi gives examples. Kigon, for example, a person who's going to study Torah, a person who's going to redeem captives, a person who's going lekabel penera bobaregel, any of those circumstances, but by extension... Yeah, that's right. If a person is engaged, technically speaking, with a mitzvah, their patur from other mitzvah, a person is engaged with um, shaking the lulav, they don't need to be giving sedaka in that moment. A person is engaged in sitting in the sukkah, they don't need to be uh, redeeming captives in that situation. A person, and so forth. It's not that you're patur from mitzvot lotase, it's that mitzvot ase, which come your way as you're engaged, you're patur from them. There is a line to be drawn in many situations. I want to mention one primary one, which is often forgotten. It's based on a Gemara in the first Perek of Masechet Mo'ed Katan. Harambam is posek this in Perek Gimal of Hilchot Talmud Torah, that Talmud Torah, ironically, is different. Talmud Torah, a person who's involved in Talmud Torah, is supposed to stop Talmud Torah for almost all mitzvot. What does that mean? If it's a mitzvah which is overet and if it's a mitzvah which is passing, fleeting, you won't be able to fulfill this afterwards, A, or B, it's a mitzvah that can't be fulfilled by another. In other words, someone's come to collect sedaka and they need you to bring them around. If someone else can do it and you're studying Torah, you continue studying Torah. If it's a situation you'll be able to give them later on, you're studying Torah, now you don't need to engage in that now. However, if those two factors are in place, a mitzvah overed, it's lulav, and the time is going to elapse, or any other circumstance of that sort, and, and, it's or, or. and has to be that it's fleeting, Number one. And number two, another person couldn't handle it. You stop your Talmud Torah in order to fulfill that, which again, in the scheme of things, is going to be many, if not most, of the situations that you'll come across. Why should Talmud Torah be lower? We say in the Mishnah, Masech Pe'av, Talmud Torah Keneget Kulam, shouldn't be the most severe? There are several approaches to this matter. The most basic are one or two. Um, one is, it's based on Talmud Yerushalmi, Tosafot cites it there in Mu'id Katan, is Talmud Torah is supposed to be Amenat Le'asot. You're supposed to La'asot, you're supposed to fulfill the Torah through the study of Torah. Which means to say you're supposed to study in order to perform mitzvot. If you're studying and not performing mitzvot, it's a self-contradictory performance. You're not actually performing the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, which is purposeful to fulfill. So you stop in order to fulfill. Alternatively, along the same line, but a nuanced difference and different ramifications among several other interpretations, uh, directions on this, it goes like this. If a per- the Torah was given for us to perform its mitzvot, that's clear, the Torah instructs us. If a person, which the Torah tells us as well to do, according to the rabbi's understanding, is constantly, day and night, well, it means by fulfilling the Torah, you'll never fulfill the Torah. How could the Torah contradict itself? Study Torah at all times. 
perform the mitzvot. But if I'm studying Torah at all times, which is what you told me to do, then I'll never perform the mitzvot, unless the Torah means study Torah at all times that you're not performing mitzvot. And, and in turn, we're able to resolve that. There's a lot more to, to discuss and to debate on this matter, but we'll suffice with that for now. The next Mishnah continues where the last Mishnah left off. Where if you recall, the last Mishnah was telling us at the end that a Hatan is patur from Kiryat Shema. However, the Mishnah then told us uh, on Daf Tetzayin Amudalf that Rabban Gamliel, when he got married, said Kiryat Shema, and his students asked him, what are you doing? Don't you remember that? The Mishnah told us that Rabban Gamliel, excuse me, Ma'aseh, the Rabban Gamliel, Shenasa Isha, the Karalayla Roshona, he was reading Kriyat Shema, Amrulo Talmidav, Limadhanu Rabbeinu, Shachatan Patur Mekriyat Shema. Rabbi, didn't you teach us that a groom is Patur from Kriyat Shema? Ostensibly, he's getting married to a Betula. Amalahem, he responded to them, Eni Shomei Alachem Levatel Hemeni, Malchut Shemayim Filo Shachat. I'm not listening to you to take away from me the acceptance of the yoke of heaven, meaning Kiryat Shema, even for a single hour. So that was the exceptional tale that the Mishnah tells about Rabban Gamliel. This Mishnah tells us about one or two other things that Rabban Gamliel, against his instruction to others, and against what seems to be the halacha, would do. Says the Mishnah, Rahatz Laila Harishon Shemeta Ishto. Rabban Gamliel as well, on the night following the death of his wife, meaning the first night of his Avelut, he, uh, he bathed himself. In today's day and age, we would say he took a shower. Amrulo Talmidav, his students asked him, didn't you, our rabbi, our master, teach us, didn't you teach us that an Avel, a person who's in mourning, is not allowed to wash themselves? His response then was, any kishar bene adam, I am different than the average person, because istanis ani, What's an istanis? Rashi, in his commentary to the Mishnah, three lines from the top, the second word on the line says, Vehu adam me'unag umfunak. It's a person who's pleasured or used to pleasures, and mefunak means spoiled. It's a person who lives a, let's call it a more of an HL lifestyle in terms of their bodily functions. They're used to higher level living. They couldn't go comfortably without bathing themselves. You're not supposed to be comfortable. Well, it's not that you're not supposed to be comfortable, it's that you're not supposed to be pleasured. That's a, there's a fine line over here. Comfort, you're not supposed to be discomforted. You're supposed to be not me'unag. Isn't that the same thing? You're supposed to sit on the floor so that you're not comfortable, but so that your discomfort is not comfortable and discomfort no, the same thing? No, no. You're not supposed to be... There, there's, there's, so to speak, three levels over here. Baseline, middle... On the right-hand side is, I'm deriving pleasure, I feel good. And the left-hand side, the other extreme is, I feel bad, I feel uncomfortable. In the middle is, I'm comfortable. This beyond comfort. I can live my day What is sitting on a chair? Comfortable, medium, or uncomfortable? Um, in this context, um, more, it's, it's, uh, it's the right-hand side, it's the right extreme. Okay. So showering and bathing is a source specifically and only if it's going to give you the pleasure, the right extreme. If, however, when you, there's no middle for you, it's either left extreme or, or middle, the middle is the bathing, well, then you're allowed to bathe, is the statement of Rabban Gamliel. Um, listen, we know this halakha from other contexts. For example, I mean, it's halakha from Kippur. On Kippur, we, one that many people are familiar, if you got your hands dirty, are you allowed to wash your hands? Why are you allowed to wash your hands? You're only allowed to wash up to the knuckles. 
No, because it's dirt. It's filth. That's not pleasure. That's just base base level COVID, base level comfort. Right. So as uh, by extension. Um, now the the truth is Harambam has a different interpretation. It's along the same lines. Just bears mentioning in his Perusha Mishnayot to this Mishnah. He says, Istanis, we switched the Samech with Asadi, which is very telling because he spoke in a similar way to, you know, Syrian Jewry or many Svaradim, that it would be Sadi and Samech, which sounds similar. And as a result, his understanding, I guess historically as well, his understanding of this was that Istanis is Milashon Sina. Sina or Sina means cold. It means he was cold tempered. And as a result, he said, I needed a hot bath or hot shower because I'm always cold. That's an istanis. Okay, regardless of how you explain that, effectively Rabban Gamliel was ex- was explaining to his students, I'm different than the average person. There is no baseline for me that I just am without bathing. Bathing is not for me a right extreme, an extreme which gives me pleasure. It's a middle baseline um, which makes me comfortable. There's no mitzvah. As a matter of fact, there might be any sur to be uncomfortable. Okay, continues the Mishnah, and it says, Ukeshemet tabi avdo, and when the um, slave of Tavi, uh, of Rabban Gamliel, whose name was Tavi, it was his Evid, Evid Kanani, his non-Jewish slave died, Kibel alav tanhumin, he accepted tanhumin, he accepted people who uh, came and gave him um, uh, pleasantries, people who consoled him for the death. Amrullah Talmidav, his, his students again asked him, Didn't you teach us, Rabbi, that you're not allowed to accept those sorts of tanhumin, of consolement and consolation from people when it comes to Evid uh, Kanani? And Evid Kanani, the Gemara will liken, and the understanding is Rabban Gamliel taught his students, liken to property. So you're not accepting tanhumin for property. Amalahim, he responded to them, In Tavi Abdi Kishar Avadim. You should know my Avid Kanani named Tavi was not like other slaves, Kashir Haya. Something about him gave him a mark of distinction. He was Kashir. He was different. He was kosher. Lastly, concludes the Mishnah, Hatan, Imrosel Krot Kriachima, Laila Harishon, Kore. It says, going back to our last Mishnah, the end of last Mishnah, you should know, interestingly, it doesn't. I think we finished all the Rabban Gamliel stories and happenings, and then we went back to the first halakha of these. It says, if the Hatan wants on the first night to read Kiryat Shema, he's allowed to. Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, lo kol Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel disagrees. He says, not everyone who wants to grab the name of honor, distinction, and uh, mitzvah can do so. If you're patur, it might be inappropriate for you to do so. The Gemara will call this potential yuhara, haughtiness, uh, in this context. We'll see that on Daf Yodzain. Very briefly, with regards to halachan, two points. Let's go backwards. This last issue, with regards to hatan on first night. Tosafot and Daf Yodzain Amudbet, if you take a look quickly over there, the last Tosafot in the Perik, which again is, is, is commenting on the Gemara, which addresses this end of the Mishnah. But if you take a look very quickly, it says, um, three lines, in, four lines into this Tosafot, Dibura Matchila Rav Shisha, Halakha Kerashbag. Halakha is like Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel. De'amar lo kola roteli tolet Hashem yitol. Halakha is, you're not allowed to say Kiryat Shema on the first night of marriage. U'bechol makom sheshanar Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel mishnatenu halakha kamoto. You should know that any place where Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel is in the Mishnah, the halakha is like him. Skip a line or two. V'chen pasak Rabbeinu Hananel. Rabbeinu Hananel as well was posek this way. Umihu, however, says Tosafot, anu. 
we, today's day and age, dealing with 800, year, 800 years ago, Tosafot. When we say Kiryat Shema on a regular night, when we're not a Hatan, we're distracted. Gam Hatan Yeshli Krot. Of course, the Hatan as well should. The Adarabah, quite the opposite, will appear. After all, what's the appearance of the Hatan back in the time of the Mishnah, if he's reading Kiryat Shema on the night of his wedding? Rashbag says in our Mishnah, inappropriate. Who do you think you are? You think you're showing off, you could have Kavanah, nobody else can? Quite the opposite today. If you're not reading on the night that you get married, everyone looks at you and says, oh, he normally thinks he has that sort of Kavanah? That's Yuhara, Nira, Ki Yuhara, Im Lo Yikra. If we look at that person, we say, uh, who do you think you are? You think you're showing everyone usually have kavanah? Nobody has that sort of kavanah. How do we go on this matter? Shohan Aruch in Orahayim Siman Ayin is posek as follows. It's in Siman Ayin, Saif Gimal. Hakonesat Betula. Right, we gave it a three-day period. The Mishnah told us Ad Motzei Shabbat, which we explained as three days. Based on when they used to get married, Mipene Shutarutir Dat Mitzvah, because he's distracted with a mitzvah. Night and day for three days, or just the nights? Night and day. Night, then the next morning. Absolutely. Absolutely. However, not very practical, says Shohan Aruch, based on Tosavot. These words are true. Back in the earlier ages of the Mishnah. Even when you're not a Hatan, you don't have the appropriate Kavana. Even a person who gets married to a virgin should be reading Kiryat Shema. Right, uh, that's, that's with regards to um, this matter. Um, let's uh, uh, go a, a bit further here in our conversation. Um, when we talk about in the Mishnah, the Istanis, the case just above this, and let's conclude the conversation with regards to this, we said, Rabban Gamliel said about himself, I'm an Istanis, and therefore I can take a bath, I can take a shower, even on the first night of my Avelut. Uh, says Tosafot on the right-hand side, Istanisani, says Tosafot, Vi'ika Sa'ar, and there is pain, Tosafot hit back on Taftet Zayin Amud Bet, and there's pain im lo haya rochet. Eno asur lirchot b'yemei evlo elo mishum ta'anu. Right, those are the words we were talking about earlier. There's specifically and only asur in if it's going to give you ta'anu, which is our right-hand extreme. I'm in the middle for a bath. A shower for me doesn't give me ta'anug. A shower is my ba- baseline, says Rabban Gamliel. Vegam lahuf rosho, i'itle erbuvya bereshe, share afilu toch shiv'a. You're furthermore allowed to, to, to deal with your hair if it's going to be all messy and give you a dis- distraction, inappropriate feelings of discomfort. Vechen heti rabbeinu shemuel leyoledet avela lerchotz toch shiv'a velerchotz nameh betisha be'av. So to Rashbam Tosafot quotes, um, for a woman who was pregnant, um, and she was in mourning, um, or, or on Chabeav, she's allowed to bathe in those circumstances. Uh, Tosafot goes on and quotes uh, from from Masechet Yomami, she yesh lo hatatin berosho, if you have boils, if you have blisters on your head, sach kedarko, you're even allowed to um, put a cream on, biyom ha-kipurim ve'eno choshesh, afagav desicha kishtiyah biyom ha-kipurim, though it's generally asur. In this situation, it's not for ta'anuk, in this situation, it's just to get rid of the discomfort. Chen mashma bi 
אבל אסור ברחיצה הדת תאמה, ברחיצה של תענוג, אבל ברחיצה שאינו של תענוג מותר. As opposed to if it's not shelta anug, kehadadi itma mishesh lachatatin bereshe, and Talmud Yerushalmi in fact brings proof from that statement with regards to a person who has those like things on his head on Kippur. In today's day and age, yeah. you're asking? Yeah. It's an interesting question. In today's day and age, we assume, we assume base level that it's always ta'anug bathing. We don't assume, even though people do bathe consistently and constantly, the general consensus of the post scheme is unless it's extenuating circumstance person says I'm so discomforted in such a situation with like my summertime, summertime where they're so sweaty and they're so dis- uncomfortable and they really you could see it on them a pose halacha a more halacha will tell them take a bath take a shower excuse me but don't use hot water and do minimal amount of time just to get the sweat and the dirt off of you that would be permitted but in terms of you know just uh Uh, doing away with this halakha because everyone showers today, we don't go that far. It's a case-by-case type of circumstance. But indeed, you'll find such a thing. And I'll tell you why we take this very seriously. Even though it's not nifsak lahalakha, Rabbeinu Hananel in his commentary, Rabbeinu Hananel is one of the Rishonim, which goes really far back before Harambam. Here on Dav Tetzayin Amud Bet, it's not on the page in Masech Berachot, separate book. It says, Avel asur berchitza vafilu istanis ela imhu mesukan. You hear those words? She may not hurt mistaken patur. Rabbeinu Hananil adds in an interpretation to our Gemara. His understanding is the only time an istanis is, is, is permitted in Rechitzah, in other words, Rabban Gamliel and the like, is if it will cause a danger. Now, it's not a life-threatening danger, certainly not, but danger is the definition of istanis. It's almost like medicinal, and it's a pressing situation. V'sharinanle. More germs type of thing. But germs to the extent that it's going to cause an ailment. Because they have... Maybe uh, along those know. lines. That's right. He goes further in terms of defining this and confining this. Not any person who... Not every person who says, I'm an Istanis, do we believe him? You need like a doctor. You need someone who really knows these matters, says Rabbeinu Hananel, to establish that. This Rabbeinu Hananel is not nifsak lahalacha, but the reason I mention in our context is to tell you, that's why we don't just permit bathing today. Everybody takes a shower every day. Hacham Vadya Yosef, however, in his book, Hazon Vadya Nilchot Avelut in Chelek Bet, on page Kof Samech Bet, in the situation, one of which Tosafot mentioned, he says, Yoledet Shetziricha Lehitrachet. If it's a woman who's pregnant, she's a Yoledet. Um, uh, it, it's, a per, it's, it's a woman who gave birth, who needs to, to, to bathe. Mutala lehitrachet afilu b'mayim hamim b'shivat yemei avela, p'nei she'ena chitza l'ta'anuk, ela l'sorech. A woman who gave birth, she's a yoled, not me'obedet, she gave birth, she needs to be bathing. Uh, it's not really medicinal per se, but it's an extreme discomfort. It's a situation where we can almost objectively say she's istanis in this circumstance. V'chen, and so too, istanis, mutale hot kol gufo, is allowed to wash himself entirely. The last part of Rabbeinu Hananel, Hacham Vadya Yosef, based on the poskim, does mention. You remember Rabbeinu Hananel gave us two chidushim. One was, it causes sakana, that he's not going to mention. It doesn't need to be dangerous per se. But who's the definition of istanis? That's why I said you need to ask him more halacha. Just walk into the house and the person says, I'm very uncomfortable, Rabbi. I always, I, I've, 
As you said, a person who doesn't shake hands, a person whom we know, you see it on them based on their behavior in general, the way they describe their life is very meticulous with regards to cleanliness. Almost, I'm almost tempted to say they take two showers a day, you know, along those lines. The words of Hamadiyah are mehush. It's not that he'll be in sakana, but he'll be almost pained in this situation. So to a person whose hair, we should all be zochete hair, gets all messed up, he's allowed to even with hot water, you know, fix his hair with regards to getting the dirt and sweat out of it. In short, what are the halachot we addressed today? We talked about osek ba mitzvah and tarud mina mitzvah by hatan. We talked about, well, the two situations that we, in the next Mishnah with regards to Rabban Gamliel, each of which will need to address the and the second one, the Tanhumim, which he accepted for his Evid Kanani, whose name was Tavi. Um, we talked about Kiryat Shema, Laila Rishon, Tarud, how it's not applicable any longer based on Tosafot and Dafiot Zayin, Shohan Aruch and Siman Ayin. We talked then what's an Istanis, which Rabban Gamliel talk, uh, expressed about himself. How's that, or how is it not applicable today, based on uh, Rabbeinu Hananel and Tosafot, who disagree with regards to what Istanis needs to cause? Is it a sakana, or is it just an extreme dis- discomfort? And we discussed as well how Hacham Vadya Yosef even quotes from Rab- Rabbeinu Hananel that with regards to establishing Istanis, we're not just fully liberal on this, you don't feel comfortable, it's all permitted, we rather need to verify, we need to determine based on the person's lifestyle, their general approach to matters, that they truly are um, prone to extreme discomfort when they are um, unclean, and uh, in that situation specifically, and only in that situation would we permit. Baruch Adonai